0: In this episode of the Encourage to Spire podcast, I'm joined by mindset career coaches for music entrepreneurs, Juice and Self. This is a great episode, man, because Juice and Self, I actually connected with them on social media and they really uh, took a liking to what I'm doing with independent artists in terms of uh, teaching about core audience and education and I knew once I connected with them that I wanted to have them on the podcast. Um, what I love about what they're doing is they make a focus on making sure that your mindset is right. You know, entering the music industry and, and what is that's gonna be required to be successful. Uh, we got a chance to talk about self's journey, uh, as a song as a first as an artist, then as a songwriter, then pivoting to a music publisher and meeting his wife Juice and them having success in music publishing space and then now like i said teaching artists about mindset and also business development and being successful in today's music ecosystem this was a great episode hope you guys enjoy it Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Curve Inspire Podcast. This is episode number 84, and I've got two special guests with me today. Uh, my homies, my people, Juice himself, and with me today. They're mindset coaches for music entrepreneurs, and I think that's such a cool thing because mindset is so, so important. So thank you guys for being here today thank you thank you for having thank
1: us. you for having us we're
0: so yeah. happy to be here for sure for sure and we could i think we could i think you guys found me
2: <laughs> yeah we found you right <laughs> we, we found you on a a, a facebook group and yeah. i was like yo get on the phone man let's figure this out let's talk <laughs>
3: right, right 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 and
0: then
2: all you right. guys told me about your program which we'll get into in
0: a little bit but first i always want to say like what kind of first of all first of all where you guys originally from we'll start there I know y'all are based in Atlanta right now, but where are you guys originally from?
1: We're both from Connecticut originally.
0: Okay. Okay. Cool. Cool. Very cool. And uh, what's like? I would like to ask this question. What's what's your earliest memories of music? You know, what's your earliest memories of of music? Now you go
1: first. Um, so I grew up in the church. I'm a pew baby, right? So. Um, my earliest memories of music is my mom and my grandma singing. Um, my grandmother was a songwriter. So every Sunday, you know, before the sermon, she's opening up with a with song. Right. And I call my mother up to sing with her. And that was pretty much like every day, all day. In our family, you had to know how to harmonize. You might not know how to sing, but you better know how to harmonize and be on key and don't sing off So, that was my first <laughs> I love it intro
2: to music. Uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, my mine was uh, just running through them streets in New Haven. Um we had uh um uh, you know, you get inspired to change your life and your trajectory um and oftentimes I you know, myself I was one of those guys who said, "I gotta get up out of here, you know and um the best way i um saw that the window of opportunity was through through music but um my earliest window of really just saying You know what music is something I love had to been with um uh, me hearing uh die' effects, you know and uh yeah. once I heard Daz effects and then um uh uh, then I, you know, that Keith Murray, the most beautiful thing in this world, and and then, you know, these records started to go crazy, you know, it just changed my life and my perspective, and I and I said, you know what, these guys are uh, speaking to me, they, you know, they are navigating my truth through their music, so that was it, I was running Wu-Tang Clan ring, you know, so.
0: I, I love that, so when did you decide, like, okay, I'm, we're gonna, and this is for both of y'all, because I'm sure y'all both had Separate journeys for you guys linked up. But when do you guys decide? Okay, this is something I want to do professionally like this, And I'm gonna like take this thing seriously. Uh well, when was that
2: for y'all? Um, so she met ma- she married into it, so she inha- she inherited the professionalism. <laughs> uh, but um I was just like, all right, Joe, you're in the music business now. Here. <laughs> but um And let's see, in 2000, in early 2000, um, you know, I got to a place where I just was like, yo, this need to be real. And um, I couldn't identify with, uh, well, actually, you know, I was part of this rap group back in the day called um, Raw Reality, and we was like on our way. Um, one day, a person uh, from Rockefeller Records called me. Before this is before Rockefeller was Rockefeller. This right. was like when they had Rail and Christian and all these other acts. Um, right. And it wasn't. They were trying to build this R and B crew. It, it was. It was wild. You know, this when people was like, "Yo, you gotta make songs for the girls." This is like when that <laughs> that time was. Uh, right. Th- that era <laughs> and. Um, And this guy called me up. I'm not going to mention no names. Um, He called me up, was like, yo, I heard you guys were making a lot of noise in New Haven. I want you to come to New York and rock on the showcase. And that was like the first window for me. And I was like, what? Got up in the car, me and the homie, and went down there and tore it down. I wanted to move forward, but the homie got kind of afraid of what it what life can be like when it when you uh, basically sign a deal with someone, and um, when he he got afraid me being loyal to him, I made the decision to kind of just be like, "All right," and pass it up. So instead of me just telling this particular person who's pretty iconic now that we can't you know move forward, that that put a battery in my back and made me say. I need this for myself, and then that's how that started to happen. When I started to move, uh, searching for professionalism, searching for um, things of that nature.
0: Okay, yeah. And so, like, so, so, tell me about that journey. So, okay, now you you realize you on you you're doing this for real now. So, like, what was kind of some of the uh, obstacles you kind of ran into? We'll start there. Because, you know, and I want to flip that back into. Talk about right, but what's some of the obstacles that because again, during this musical journey, you're gonna to want to do some bullshit. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna deal with some stuff. Sure. And and your mental is so important because if your mental ain't strong, they should eat you up and spit you out. Yeah. And only the strong survive in this game. You know?
2: Right. <laughs> so. so I mean, in the beginning of the journey, um, the journey came just from wanting to be a dope artist, right? Yeah. So I wanted to be a dope artist. I was writing songs for people. Uh I was writing songs for myself and then I was just taking that journey. You know what I mean? Doing a bunch of open mics, doing a bunch of and this is the time when uh male I call them uh mailmen people okay. will call themselves ARs to get money from open mics, right? <laughs> And and uh <laughs> yeah. and this, and this was when it. anybody that was in the building was so important. So they'll just show up at a, at a, at, at a, a showcase, uh, and,
0: you know, cause at a showcase or something like yeah, that, at right? a showcase and then, it, then the flyer would say, pay me $300 and I'm going to be a judge. Right. Word
2: up, word up. <laughs> Def Jam is here. So you was right. chasing all these different yeah. labels when, when you found out they wasn't really A R's, they was just people that was associated with some people that might have been somebody. Right. That played a lot on my, my, uh, my passion and my journey because I, I quickly realized this was full of stuff that yeah. you know what I mean. Bro, and you I was, curse,
0: bro. It's all good. right right but you
2: gotta remember that you know that i got the call from the homie to come rock so i was feeling like i should have been on already at this point because that that call came in and made me feel like i i was worthy enough to compete Right. right? right so i was moving when you make the decision not to go forward and then you it's almost like you take a few steps back Right, and just trying to work yourself back into the place where you are, uh, you're uh, back relevant almost. You know what I mean? Right, back right. in um in the sight of so called corporate. You know what I know now to be corporate music business. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. And yeah. um, and at that time, yeah, that journey was crazy. You know, you get manhandled. You you spending money to, to get seen, you're buying on the tours, you're buying on to all these different things trying to come up, and mm. you quickly realize something ain't right, and it's not really meant for me to go in that way. It was, you know, because when we got the call, I wasn't trying.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah. You
2: know what I'm saying? When yeah. we got the call, I wasn't doing none of these efforts. Yeah. You see? I got the call just by accident, just from doing me, you yeah. know? Yeah,
0: yeah. So... For sure, for sure. Um, so, did you ever? So, let me ask this. So, did you ever come close to signing any kind of deal, or you kind of just always kind of just went the ND route? Like, so there's levels, like, yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: yeah, there's levels. There's definitely levels.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you say in, ter- in, t- in terms of an artist, did I come close to signing a deal? Yeah, yeah. yeah. In terms of an artist, yes, I that was the call, you know? And um, that was a big breakthrough for me because I felt like I was worthy, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, I thought I was going to be part of the, the first level of Rockefeller record artists, you know what yeah, I
3: mean? Yeah, and,
2: yeah. And, and at this time, there was no, you know, Philly crew or none of that. It was just, you know, Rail, Christian, and all these other... And Miff Bleak, of course, he was yeah. there. But... um. Yeah there wasn't nobody outside of that core crew. So it was just, I just thought I was, that was it. And I knew the homie had the biggest record out right now. So I just wanted to be a part of it, but I couldn't because my loyalty. So that was, mm-hmm. the, as an artist, that was the window that I, in hindsight say, dang, man, because you see what Rockefeller turned into. Absolutely.
0: And I and by the way, I think that we don't give damn Dash enough credit. Because to me, he him and Biggs is really rock. I mean, Jay, I mean, of course, Jay's Jay, but without Biggs and, and Dane, mm-hmm. I don't think Rockefeller becomes what they become. You know, everybody tried to count Dame out. And hey, look yeah. what Dame is doing now. You know what I'm saying? Everybody thought that, well, he's a loser. He, Daisy he must have left him. I'm like, nah, man. Dame Dad is not a loser. He, he, because he, he's the brain behind it. So, yeah, if you're the brain behind it, you can never really lose. Yeah, Jay. When and did what he's doing, and and I love Jay Z, but to, to sit there and act like Dame Dash or Dame Dash doesn't didn't play a major role in that of his success, that's that that would be asinine to think that. And I think that Dame doesn't get enough credit for what he meant to that whole brand, mm. right? So because nobody wanted to sign Jay Z at that time, he say he rapped too fast. Like, nobody wanted, like they, you know, and Dame had they had to figure out a way essentially to do their own thing, <laughs> to, to to allow themselves to give themselves a platform, and and I think that when it comes to to Dame Dash, man, you just gotta. There's something I agree with what he says. Something that I don't. But overall, you know, I just believe that he, he 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 should be a major, he should be considered a major player and somebody that really made Jay Z who Jay Z is today. And what the
2: Rockefeller brand essentially became, you know. I feel you on that. I feel you on that. So Dame, Dame, to us, well to me, Dame is an iconic executive. Right. See. Right. But at this at the same time, Dame moves very unprofessional to a place where he he has a cap on his decision making. Gotcha. And okay. in order for him to shine the way he needs to shine, he has to stay independent. Yeah. Like, oh, for sure. No, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he can't. He can't. Um, Under a corporate. Yeah. He asked me. Yeah, he can't go in corporate doing what he was doing. And I think it was because of Jay Z and because of Biggs that they last that long. Yeah. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Because they were the balance, the balancing act. Or raw rock, you know what right, I mean? So right, right, right. right. Like, I agree
3: with
0: you. I agree with you. Yeah. you, need, you I need think that. every
2: one of us need a dame dash in our life in the beginning. That's going, yeah. That's not fearful. They're gonna kick in doors. They're gonna right. spit on you and tell you, "This is my product." Blah blah. Especially, you know
0: I mean? especially back then, you know what I'm saying? Especially, especially, especially back, back then, in the corporate, because people don't realize, man. Record companies used to literally curate sound. Like For you, would sure. go, you would go to labels because of the sound that they did. Like, I, I used the example the other day about Def, Montel Jordan being signed to Def Jam as a singer, right? right? Not realizing they're a hip-hop label. They didn't really know how to do R&B. Because, right. you know, a lot of the Montel Jordan's early singles, what do they do? They put a rapper on it.
2: That's right.
0: And that's all they know how to do. <laughs> and it, But they didn't necessarily know how to do R&B. Same thing with G-Unit in 50. Really? Olivia and the whole G-Unit, that never made sense because... They don't do R and B over there, right? I, so you got Olivia, who's super dope, who's coming from the the Clive Davis, uh, tree, right? Arista Records goes over the G Unit, and but fifty and fifty's masterful what he does, but yeah, he he didn't know what to do with her. If you don't so understand was... right, if you don't understand R and B, and uh, and dude, you could you could you could tap in here because I want to hear from you, um, you know. It just it just was interesting back then, you know, interesting back then about how curation was compared to how it is now because labels really don't have the same control they had. They just don't have it. You know what I'm saying? They still have control, but it's not literally we can curate sound, we can curate radio, we can curate everything. Right. And so we control it. So when you nowadays when you take that away with no control. And essentially, all you're doing is making somebody else go get hot, and then you're pouring gasoline. you're pouring gasoline on what they do, right? So, so yeah. So, so what do? You, what are your thoughts? And and in reference to what in they... reference in reference to, you know, record labels, what they used to be versus what they are now, you know, um,
1: technology changed a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of what, the label. Can control and what they can do because it's so you know we have our fan base in the palm of our hand now so there's mm-hmm. no reason to really need a label if you know how to handle yeah. your business you know what I mean
0: sure and I and, and, and I ask that and that's what you guys do and I want to I want to transition into what you guys are doing so tell me about what you guys decided to focus on being mindset coaches and where we're, we're we're, we're all well before that, before that, because I know you guys had some success in the publishing space. So let's yeah. go there first, and then we'll go back to the culture. So I know, so talk to me about like y'all's success in the publishing world and, and how, what, how what did that create for y'all moving forward to transition to what you, what you guys are doing now? I think that's a more I think that's a better segue.
1: So, publishing wise, I mean, when we first kind of started out with the publishing this guy would go anywhere if somebody sounded hot he's going to sign them you know what I'm saying like it was we had a real gorilla type of
2: attitude yeah I'd find
1: them and be like what do you think about this person and he'd be like okay let's go get it going to sign him um
2: and then sometimes she'd be like but how i don't know there was a lot of a house <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but we don't so you, so you guys so so did you guys create it you guys
0: created the company and then you guys just basically started doing kind of the whole we're going to self-publish everything and then we're going to go shop the records ourselves basically
1: because yeah. once you get i don't want to say you know screwed because well, but... you didn't
0: because you didn't want to you didn't do the you didn't do a traditional cope-up deal or admin deal
2: some of them were. Okay. But the 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 what so what happened was um we got signed. So basically that journey of an independent artist trying to get back rediscovered ended yeah. in under not ended, but transitioned into right just figuring out where I can make some money at. And For that sure. went to my pen, right? Sure. Yeah. So it went to all right, you're an artist, this, that, and third, you blah zay, blah. But then it turned into, dang, man, I, I ain't making no money. And he, you know, yet, yeah, yeah. I need to pay some bills. Yeah. So that turned into me writing yep. and nurturing my little brother at the time to create, you know, beats. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So he would create the beats and I would write hooks and pitch and pitch and pitch. And what, the, what that ended up doing was getting assigned to uh, Warner Chapel and Black Baby Inc. You know right. what I mean? and that took us from new haven connecticut to atlanta and then that's how we got to atlanta because we gotcha. did a public a publishing deal with um warner chapel and what happened was <laughs> it was Once- just
0: a, and with, let's cut you off it was it was a traditional mdrc or was it that what you is it, that what you guys did for those of y'all who don't know what the mdrc is
2: that's called a minimum delivery requirement uh, it was but, yeah so so the the initial conversation was a traditional in DRC, but then what happened was when well, when I got here and we started rolling, that language started to change because okay. that was the time during that was the "Let It Burn" these are my confessions" era, right? Okay. And the yeah and all that type of stuff. So okay. got here, we hit the ground running. We was writing, 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 working with some of the best names in the okay. game but we couldn't understand why any, and this is what Juice was saying, when you get screwed a couple of times, you, you start <laughs> thinking about how, why does this keep happening? So we will find ourselves writing and writing and writing, mm-hmm. working with some of the most A-list, you know, uh, situations as possible. If you yeah.
0: don't mind, it can you know a couple of people that you work with? You know, we, we don't do just a couple. You don't have to do it, so people. So,
2: listen. all right. So you remember the first phone call we had? Yeah. Yeah. So the person over at Rockefeller, there was another in another situation okay. where at in the middle of a night another phone call came through. Okay gotcha. from a different set of people that opened the door for songwriting opportunities and, and gave me the opportunity to be a writer. You know gotcha. what I mean?
3: Okay.
2: And um that person rest in peace was Shakir Stewart. And we reached out. Um and said, Hey, I need you in New York. Him and Jermaine Dupree said, I need you in New York. And um, we got a new artist. At the time, this artist, this new artist, they was gassing me up, saying it was just as big as 50 cents. Okay. They were like, and that-
1: wait, just a disclaimer. <laughs> okay, this was foolish.
2: Yeah, this was foolish <laughs> on him part. On yeah,
1: him yeah. Part.
2: <laughs> so what happened? Um, what happened? It was like, yo, you know, we got an artist that's the fifty cent of the south, and at the time wow. I ain't never, I ain't been out here like that, right?
3: Right, right So,
2: right. and this with 50 was fifty was fifty, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you growing up in well, the you tri- still fifty, he's still fifty, but yeah. you growing up in the tri-state era. I mean, the tri-state area, yeah, yeah. New York, Connecticut, and and New Jersey. Yeah. And you are swallowed by Fifty Cent brand yeah. at that time. D right. Unit was everything.
1: Everybody wanted a, a bulletproof
2: vest. A, a yeah. bulletproof vest on I mean, You wearing
1: bulletproof vest. You know what I mean? Like, right. Like, and, suburban church girl. There's right. No for me to have one, have
2: right. One. Right. But we had <laughs> right. one. You know, right. everybody had the whatever. Right. He branded. Right. He he branded he, man, he, vest. He's a master marketer.
0: For sure, said, for sure. Fifty Cent people don't give him credit. You know. And he, I mean, he says he's had two careers, you no. know, yeah, one in music and and what he's doing in film and TV. I mean, it's it's literally two separate careers. Sure. And here's the thing: his final lap tour. What does that tell you? This people still love those records,
2: big time. People still big love
0: time. those records. I mean, he's performing songs that are twenty something years old
2: and, and selling out are, arenas.
0: Selling out arenas. People see people. Fifty is a one of a kind type of dude, man, because. Nobody exists like him. I mean, to go on to to, to go on tour and sell and sell arenas,
2: most multi- arenas. So, over, so over, and here's, over again. Yeah. here's the catch that most people don't under, deceive with this final lab tour. He, you couldn't buy none of these tickets on Ticketmaster. You had to go to GUnit.com. Right. And then, so he's getting all the money. Yeah. So he was getting all and then the second thing is every location he went to were the locations that the major labels told him that he didn't have a fan base in. It. Right. Right. So what happened was on when he did this final lap tour, he just went to every place they told him he didn't have a fan base.
0: And he's killing it.
2: And he selling out arenas and collect and being his own ticketing system and right. just just pocketing everything by himself.
0: Absolutely. So going back to so okay, so they they tell you that that there's there's this new artist coming, they're gonna be the biggest is 50 and so what? So you get duped. So you kind of get fooled here. What's he, what's he no,
2: talking? no, no. I being cocky from New Haven. Yeah. Like, nigga. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you, know no, you can curse for me. Uh, okay. Good. You <laughs> good. You yeah. I'm like, I'm like, nigga. Bad, and this is me telling Shakir and Jermaine Dupree on the phone at four o'clock in the morning. Nigga, ain't nobody bigger than 50 Cent. There ain't no next 50 Cent. Right. They, they like, Yo, we like you. You just going, you know who you're talking to? I said, yeah, Jermaine Dupree. Yeah, she cared. But you just said something crazy to me. There ain't nobody, there ain't no other another 50 Cent. So, right. and it was like, just meet me in New York tomorrow. And, you know, well, I'm from New Haven. It's only an hour and 40 minutes to Harlem. Yeah, that's right. That, did, you, did, you know,
0: did you know Troy Taylor? I think Troy Taylor's from there too.
2: Yeah, Troy Taylor and Troy Oliver is from New Haven, Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So right. they right so we come out of the situation I go I will right, we'll bet I meet them in New York and the, they replaying beats I'm in the office and um I'm at Def Jam so now I feel like I finally got to <laughs> back to where right the first phone like now I'm getting rec- recognized again let's do it I'm here right. now I'm in the building right. and now it's all on me you know what I mean me me, me and the team that I'm that we created Right. So what ended up happening and the, the person that they said was just as big as 50 cent in the South. They said, yo, I need you to write for this guy. He just needs hooks. Your brother going to do all the beats Just start loading them up. Okay. So the person that comes in the room was a chubby gentleman at the time. He's okay. not that now had all these chains in and all this stuff. And they were trying to convince me that, a guy with a brand name Snowman was big as <laughs> 50 cent.
3: Yeah, it's easy.
2: So, okay? I, <laughs> so I said, there's no way you're going to tell me again me being me that yeah. a guy says Snowman and well, he's going to be as big as 50 cent. And um know,
0: right, the Snowman is 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 Jeezy. Yeah, and, and let me t-
2: Man. So he, he, in the, <laughs> he walks in the room and, and that's that, you know what well, I mean? He was young Jeezy back then, but yeah, yeah. Now, yeah, he walks in the room and that's that. And we got the right in and we just, I just did the job. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and I met some good friends, friends of people that are that even to this day, have some, some decent friends, uh, or associates, I should say. And, um, That gave me that was our window into understanding the power of the pen. Yeah. Once that happened and I was offered an opportunity with this particular gentleman, Mm -hmm. I thought, like any other independent person,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. I need a lawyer. Yeah. You see? Mm -hmm. Because they're gonna try to do X, Y, and Z. I need to make sure I need I get a lawyer. Yeah. So now he asked me to send them 50 beats. All these were all hooks on them and whatever. Yeah. And now I'm like, yo, what if they steal these beats? Yeah, they
3: steal
2: yeah. These songs. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. corporate, man. They're gonna they could take something from me and I don't,
3: you yeah. know what <laughs> I mean?
2: So I go get a lawyer, I go hire a lawyer. The lawyer says, Yeah, you gotta do X, Y, and Z, blah blah blah. So I'm like, all right, well, you are in charge. So now I introduce the lawyer to Shake, and now all of a sudden, Shake, like, yo, why you got a lawyer calling me? Yeah. So yeah. now the energy starts to change because you feel yeah.
0: like, I like, could have like changed you, your
2: well, life. You, well, you don't trust me. Like, you don't oh, trust so me. now you don't trust me. I, I could have changed your life. So now all of a sudden the energy gets where I find out that the lawyer stopped the production deal from happening. Oh, wow. Because she said the contract wasn't a good contract. So she was protecting our best interests. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But instead of her bringing it back to me, having this conversation, maybe what she should have did, what she should have did, came back. Yeah, because ultimately she works for you, for sure. She she comes back. She she said, yeah, I I threw that out the window. It'd be another opportunity. I said, what are you talking Talking about? about. You see what I'm saying? But at this time, it already created a weird space. You know. Industry guys. Yeah. Like, weird ones. They not they, they like messing with you.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: Goodness. Like mm-hmm. that thing just changed the dynamics completely. Right. And what ended up happening was I started to find myself almost begging for an opportunity back with the same situation. I was stalking a record label. I was stalking mm-hmm. everywhere. I was like, yo, I was I can really girly like nigga give me a shot what's wrong with you why you not answering my phone I was <laughs> mad at the same time ready to I, I was ready to do some other things and, and my right. mind had me in another place like because I was so close to what you, what you, work, what you working for what right. I was working with and mind you I was working my way back to that now I'm here again at the same place and now something else causes it to fall apart mm. Mine now going from there, months go by, I don't hear nothing from nobody. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, and then I get another call, and this other stupid producer at the time mm-hmm. says, Yo, I came across your beat CD mm-hmm. with all these hooks, mm-hmm. and he said, Are you the guy that goes forever? Like that was the tag, right? In the beginning. So I'm right. laughing like, yeah, right. Rain, it's Rainfab, but yeah, who this, right? And he's like, yo, come, come in Atlanta. And um, I said, I right, bet. So I come to Atlanta and I sit down in the joint and they playing all these beats and they going, yo, we got to use this. We got to use this. We got to use this. So I'm starting to cut all these records again. So now it's my shot. Yeah. Okay, meet me at the studio. The first person I see when I get to the studio was Shake sitting there oh, getting wow. the hair cut. Right, wow. Wow. and I said to myself, "He said, 'Yo, self, man, what you doing here?'" And I said, "What you doing here?" Right. I only knew him for being in in New York, you yeah. see.
3: Yeah. And
2: he was like, "Man, this is my house, this is my backyard." He was real cocky about it, or whatever. Yeah. So I said, "I, right, but you see me working, right? I'm in the A room and walked off, right?" <laughs> Uh-oh. Just, just.
0: So,
1: many letters.
0: De- 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 so many. <laughs> this
1: was before me.
0: Oh, uh, before, okay. before you. Okay. This is, okay. You ain't involved in this right here. You know? <laughs> I, I uh, told she, you. She I, probably would have been like, yo, you, what are you doing? <laughs> I,
3: told,
0: I told you when we got back. Well, that's a man shit. That's a man. That's some, that's some like, sick your chest out. That, like, bravado. Yeah. That's what that is.
2: <laughs> but sure enough, what happened was we got there and now. You know, I leave, I leave new I leave Atlanta, gets back to a, to um Connecticut, and I'm waiting. So the guy told me, like, yo, I'm either gonna structure this deal with Warner Chapel and send you to LA, or I'm gonna send you to Atlanta. And at this time, I meet her. Okay. My beautiful wife during that transition. Right. Not not knowing what's about to happen. So I yeah. said, all right, I'm going to Atlanta. So they sent me the contract. It was from Warner Chapel. Everything looked legit, and I was not dealing with that lawyer. I said, "I read this myself. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not about to let you. I'm not about Pushing to up let again. you right. ruin another opportunity for me." Right, right. So, but I should have gave it to a lawyer. <laughs> Definitely, Well, yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: You have, I mean that's that's just a smart business. You get it from a corporate publishing house, like you know, want, right, want that's count. just what you're supposed to do. Like because again, they're always going to write the contract in their favor. It's just so so you have to have somebody fight for you on your behalf. You nobody gets exactly what they want, but it's, but you have to be able to compromise. Okay, you know we we're not
2: going to get this, but at least we'll get something in our favor. You know what I'm saying? don't get what you want. You get what you negotiate. You negotiate. But, exactly. But here's here's the lesson because I know you entertain a, I know your podcast is talking to our group of people which is the independent music community. Right, right. And so here here's the lesson. I did I was already jaded for what this lawyer did to with the this other situation. Correct. So I figured I was smart enough to read it myself and I wasn't smart enough to understand the the, the language. Wow. So, I just signed it. Boom. Wow. Back back. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And <laughs> Called my brother and said, yo, we going to Atlanta, yo. Literally packed up these cars,
3: mm-hmm.
2: brought me and four five other people to Atlanta. They had a one I had an apartment with me, uh out for us out there. Right. And at this time, I'm getting married. Mm-hmm. At this time, right? And uh Juice not knowing nothing. She's like, <laughs> so you so you just gonna go to Atlanta? do you know anyone in Atlanta no but I'm going right mind you I got lost in LA for four months yeah you see in a stolen rental car with uh hurts but that's a whole nother story but the um it's a whole nother (laughs) whole nother
1: point of the story the
2: point of the story is We, I got, we, we finally got to Atlanta. I'm married now. We have this publishing situation and I'm working and I'm working and working and working. Every studio writing, writing, writing. Now (laughs) I feel like I gotta be (laughs) something. I got a wife now. So it's like, you know, something gotta shake. And, and I'm, you know, I'm dealing with all these A-list people. One of these records gotta change my life. Yeah.
3: yeah. You know what
2: I'm saying? Yeah. Sure enough, man. Everything that we put out just wouldn't stick. We got this here. We got that there. We secured this. And just things wasn't sticking to albums. You see what I'm saying? And to all those songwriters out there that's listening to your podcast, back then you would get a production fee. They'll pay you a little something up front. Yeah. And then you'll get the back end later, you know, if it makes the album. Right. But um, now to, towards this time, they wasn't they wasn't doing production fees no more. They was just you just had to wait. You'll get a check after you make the record. So you're doing a lot of <laughs> for free. You're doing a lot of uh
0: getting yourself to the studio, paying pay,
2: you know a lot work. of sweat equity. Yeah, yeah, and, and, that's the nature and, of the game. Um, and and it's and it's now you're dealing with corporate. So a lot of people I remember back in the day, people used to be fiending for the who's looking list, right? Yeah. I didn't have no bread, so I used to sell like the who looking list on the side. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, yo, <laughs> you know what I mean? You want to write for somebody? Here, you know, right. and people will pay for it. But yeah. the, the um what ended up happening is those situations juice would say they didn't pan out like we wanted it to pan out. And that was our introduction to understanding. Why it wasn't panning out? So now I'm like,
1: let me see this contract.
2: Right. <laughs> well really It was
1: it was a lot more than just the contract. You know what I'm saying? It was where he was mentally because True. somebody should have sat his behind down and said,
2: "Calm me down."
1: There's a time and a place to puff your chest. Yeah. Now is not the time. Tomorrow might be the place. What? You know what I'm saying? All a little right. bit of humbleness goes a long way, and then. Being confident. So once he got knocked down the first time, right? He wasn't moving in confidence. He was moving out of desperation. Right, right. That messes everything up. For sure. You know what I mean? Like freaking. They should have got some cookies after the lawyer done messed up, right? Yeah. Lawyer, cut it out. Relax. Yeah. But we learned a lot. We learned how to. There's a there's a balance that you gotta Mm -hmm. have, moving into, um, this music industry. Sorry. There's a, a balance between common sense, humbleness, and confidence, right? Because you mm-hmm. don't want to be over overly cocky. cocky. No. Right? Like now, everyone wants to get um, streams, right? Yeah. They don't want to do the work. They don't want to do the hard work that goes into it. It's right. Like, regardless of what, regardless how talented you are, like you got to put some work in. Because- For sure.
2: You got to have skin in the game. You have to because I mean,
1: and, and that skin better be thick, honey. Yeah, yeah. Better
2: be thick. that's why we use the rhino as a uh, our brand, uh, animal. So it's right. like the rhino has thick skin, it's tough, it's charged, it's meant to charge through, you know, right
1: in this game because don't come across me, mean?
2: right? Guys, we're gonna pause real quick.
0: So, we we'll back. Yeah, so you know, look, uh, you have to have like you said, have to have thick skin, man. This, this industry will. They don't, people don't care. There's no social responsibility. If you, if you take my situation, having a disability, like you don't see people like me in this business doing what I'm doing. Sure. Everything I've done, I've created. Every opportunity mm-hmm. I had, you know, be, and and I don't, I didn't come through the corporate system. So everything I've done has been completely independent, but it's, it's it hasn't been easy, but I've loved every every second of it because you have to. to stick in this thing long, for a long time, you have to love it. You have to be willing to take the good and the bad because if you don't, um, you won't last very it long. It's just you won't. Let, you won't last long.
2: Won't so, last. so just to sum up what I was saying before, right? Like the, the the what got us to the music publishing accolades. What ended up happening was we got to a place where we needed to figure out why these opportunities wasn't, you know, sticking, and we wasn't being monetized the way we were supposed to. Right. So this particular, there was a particular situation that was like the hay on the camel's back. or uh, is that Did I say that right? The hay on the the string, the, whatever. The straw? the straw on the camel's back. <laughs> right, and, um, right. What happened was, this particular record hit and it was, this record um, got the like...
1: The straw that broke the camel's back, I'm sorry. Okay, that's true. Yeah, that right. She's right, she's uh,
2: <laughs> right. The record hit and earned massive Accolades, in this particular record, I spent so much time arranging vocals and helping put this record together.
3: Right, right.
2: And what happened was I I didn't see neither my name or my brother's name or any of our company name on these credits. So I was trying to figure out what's going on, because I thought that that was, that was one of those moments when you thought like, yo, life is changing. This is right. it. You know how many times I said that in these stories, a few times, right? right? So (laughs) uh, that was one of these moments where I was like, "Life is changing. It's on and popping. This is what this is what's about to happen." Um, Absolutely. I didn't see our name. I didn't see our credit. I didn't see anything. I went to this particular person and asked them um, what's going on, and they just gave me ten thousand dollars and said, "You know, you know, your agreement with, with Warner Chapel was a staff agreement." Right, so I was like, "Oh wow, a staff contract." So I go back to the contract. I'm
3: looking.
2: Oh, oh, god! Then I call my my my. That means you own. That means you own none of the copyrights. Another very, (laughs) very expensive lesson. Right. What ended up happening? I got our little ten thousand. This record just became ex- like ginormous, and I couldn't say we had something to do with it, or I couldn't prove that we had something to do with it. Okay. And um, and that changed our our life. That okay. changed our life. Me and Juice went and sat down. And said something got changed. I can't. We can't keep going through whatever. And Juice suggested, why don't we just be our own publishers? <laughs> right. That's yep. Yeah. You know, and I was like, what? Because I can read. Right. <laughs> and then I was like, what do you mean? Like, and she was like, do You keep you was on a staff agreement thinking you was on this other type of agreement for almost two years, three years now. Yeah. And nothing came of it, but a few couple thousand dollars and all these possible breakout records and then the one breakout record that really was the record you couldn't we can't even what right. we supposed to do with this ten thousand dollars at the time we had our new baby and especially and, if um,
0: that song goes to radio because it, as songwriters and producers yeah. You want the song to go to radio.
2: I needed to go to radio. When you go to radio, that's, God, that's
0: the big dollars.
2: That's that's the yeah. <laughs> that's the the uh, gold in the sauce. Like For that's sure. the liquid gold, you know. Because mm-hmm. that copyright will continuously feed you. In yeah. this particular record, uh, can I say the? Nope, I can't even say the. Name. Um, she shut me down. Uh, <laughs> this particular record um, got so 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 big that we just you know. So I ain't even gonna live on there. The point was, Jew said we can be our own publishers, and I was thought about it. And then she said it again. Then I said, you know what? We can be our own publishers, right? And then I reached out to a to an assistant of of Shake, yeah, at the time, and said, "Yo, what is what is going to take for me to be a Warner Chapel?" <laughs> she said, "A what self?" I said, "I want to be Warner Chapel." <laughs> that but woman. Us
1: the game.
2: That woman looked at us. She laughed, and then she said, "All right, this is what you need to do." And sure enough, man, I went and we went and did it. Yeah. And we started Rain Forever Group Music Publishing, and um, and that's when you when we was like, we gonna sign anybody who would give us a shot. Yeah. You see? And if they were willing to write and be thorough then I will be willing to do whatever it takes to get these records monetized. Yeah. Right, you see right, what
3: I'm right, saying? Right, right. And,
2: um, sure enough, that's what happened. We started signing, 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 signing. And we ended up going and, going and going and going and going and going. And it just got to a place where none of those records were getting monetized to the degree that we needed them to be. Then all of a sudden ESPN hit us up and then, boom, records started getting placed and TV and film, mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, that's dope. That felt good because we started to see some type of
0: revenue uh, I mean, coming, yeah.
2: Yeah, some type of money. And then the writer that was involved was happy because they're getting accolades and money and they associated with some things. Right. And then I, my ear was to the street because now I'm an independent guy. All these guys wasn't really knowing what they was doing. And now I know about yeah. music publishing. Now I'm like, yo, what's going on, right? right? And right. I'm listening to these records blow up in Atlanta and I'm chasing down all these people like, yo, who doing your publish, who doing your publish, who writing your Right, you? <laughs> like, oh. right, <laughs> and, and you know, publishers, yeah and, yeah. and I came yeah. across the brother, Um, uh, I came across another brother who's super big time now. And, yeah. he, and I said to him, one of our writers won a competition he was putting on. Right. And he was out of san antonio texas no austin texas and i said yo you owe me some money right and he was just like yo who's the writer and i said this person's name and he said oh snap so how much i owe you then i said you owe me all these numbers i just was throwing out numbers right mm-hmm. and, uh he was like yo you sound like you know what you want to do meet me at my apartment i said where your apartment at he told me downtown peace street atlanta I mean downtown Atlanta. I went down there, we sat, we chapped it up, and we became friends, right? Right, right. And one thing led to another. Boom. I find this guy. This was our first accolade. I find this guy. Juice was hot with me because I was not gonna let it up. This <laughs> record was on fire. And I said to her, I don't know what these niggas are talking about. What? <laughs> it's on fire. Right. He right. said that the, that the song was was racks on racks on racks, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was on fire, boy. I was like, yo, I, I don't know what. the One nigga was like, kickstand the way I lean. I said, yo, juice, <laughs> I don't know what these niggas are saying. <laughs> but it's fire, right. They love But me. it's fire. It's on fire. I got to figure out who these people is, right? Right. But sure enough, man. I find out. I said to the homie, yo, you get your money yet? What you mean? We on the road. I said, all right, hit me when you get some back-end money. Two months go by. Hey, yo, bro, you get your money yet? He said, Nah, self, what you saying, man? We getting all this money, man. We on fire. they so, getting, getting
0: the show money, right?
2: Right. Just getting show money. You know, and back it, said, yeah. what, are you, what are you talking about? Boom. Then he finally calls us. Uh, Yourself, man. What kind of money are you talking about? I said, At this time, me and her at dinner. I'm eating. You should have been got some money, nigga. Laughing <Life> and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough man we went in we rectified our situation and that was our first big big accolade um uh-huh. uh, you know as, publisher. as publishers right. and um uh, that rocks and rock record through the roof launched future's career yc's career right. everybody's career yeah. and uh-huh. we taught everybody how to uh-huh. structure their back end and then that just turned uh-huh. into credibility. I became a VP of that particular label. And then we just kept growing and growing and growing to the point where Universal acquired them and the rest was history. But the um, right after that, everything else started to monetize. And then Love Yours came and J. Cole, that situation, like everything started to just started to snowball. Right. The writers, we were really writing. And mind you, all independent. Right. I wasn't associated with Warner Chapel. I right. wasn't associated with because Juice said we can be publishers ourselves. Right. You see know what I'm saying? Yeah, well. And we went, acquired all the accounts, ASCAP, BMI, CSAT, right. set up the company, did everything we had to do, yeah. and went and signed writers. And that's what kind of that's what launched us as publishers. Right. And gave us some money, put us in a situation where we can do a partnership with a friend of ours, yeah. and he moved the studio downtown and um you know he uh committed suicide and that's
0: mm. what works to mindset mindset so let's talk about that before we get out of here so tell me kind of so 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 tell me about that tell me about what why, why you guys are so passionate about what you guys are doing in, in, in as mindset coaches cuz that's not something you hear often in 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 the space right
1: so in between all the hustle and bustle, right? Yeah. And trying to become something. There was a lot of breakdowns, like we were married, we had a kid, then we had another kid. We already had um a old he had an older son. Right. So it was life was happening in between all this right. stuff going on. Right. Right. And so when you're independent, of course you're not you don't have a whole lot of money. Right. right? That's the, what it is. Like you need a whole lot of money, but you don't have it. Right. And we had to figure out how not to go crazy. Right. So there were a lot of moments of maybe this isn't the right decision. I need to get out of the music industry. For sure. for this sure. is you yeah. know, whatever. Right? Right. But right. I made um I made him promise me like, boy, when I met you, this is what you were doing. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? And I'm I am a stiffler for saying what you mean and mean what you say right well so you're not gonna get out this industry until you die homeboy right like <laughs> these are the things that you gotta learn this is what you signed up for right
3: right
0: yeah.
1: And yeah. when i married you apparently i signed up for it too so
3: yeah
0: yeah
1: we're, we're in this
0: But by the way that is very rare to find yourself. So that is very rare to find a part that's willing to stick in this game with you bro that is so rare because this this it's hard to find it because yeah, when the money not, ain't flowing
1: through absolutely be crazy. She could be no, just
0: no it's, no it's no it's, but then I want I wanna I wanna give 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 juice her flowers because that's you don't find that every day. Right of somebody and in fact they tell you if they not willing to ride with you, get them the fuck away. Like they tell like I've i, I told you if you if your shorty can't if she ain't ride with you, she gotta go. Yeah. She has to go because, like, the, it's too much if she's constantly. Oh. Ne- we can't hear you.
2: Watch your
1: audio. Oh no, navigate. You can hear me now?
0: Yep, I love it. Yeah, I think it switched back to.
2: Let's go back. Uh, if you We lost you when you said. Y'all can hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We lost you when you said you got to give juice or flowers. Oh, what I mean was, you
0: just got to give juice to flowers because, uh, you know, it's rare to find somebody in this business that's going to stick with you through the tough times of. Of what's required because there's so much gonna be thrown at you uh, on the way, <laughs> you know. You know, and for her to want to stick with you this long and for you to see the success happen, and then you know, transitioning into what you guys are doing now, I just think it's something real special.
2: Yeah, we're we're yeah. going into our 19th cycle together, so that's
0: congratulations, congratulations. Yeah. So, alright, so we're, so with the mindset stuff, so. What 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 guys decide? Okay, we were gonna we're gonna just focus on this. In, in addition to the publishing, we're gonna focus on really helping people understand mindset and why that's important.
1: So that they wouldn't go crazy. So that they wouldn't do things out of desperation. So that they can understand, like, hey, you can actually um, make this life that you want a reality. But there's some steps that you need to take, and as long as you keep yourself Focused and disciplined and you you keep we believe in God. So for us it's putting God first in everything. Like if it's gonna work, it's gonna work. If it's not, it must not be what he has for us. But whatever a person believes, that needs to go at the forefront. You know what I mean? And sure.
2: But the story, but but I but the story of how we ended up there was because we we decided to create we had a business partner who meant a lot to us, okay? And while we were working in the hustle and bustle and going through our own things, we didn't realize that he was going through some things too, you see? Mm -hmm. And because everybody had to, you know, I had, we had a studio downtown and we, you know, I, I was just trying to keep people inside the studio, keep labels inside of the studio keep the rooms booked and not really paying attention to what was going on, you know? And then one day, I, I went down there and came back and the engineer called me and told me that he hung himself in the control room. And mm. what that said was, for us, is, dang, we missed, a, we missed a very big part of this, which is checking in with people around us. Checking right. in with a, to their mental case their mentally
1: really you know
2: really asking like yo how are you really doing today what do
1: you right. need what do you right.
2: need everything right. good and this business partner was living in the studio and we just assumed that everything was
1: regular because he was one of those you know a lot of people say when the person unfortunately takes their own life it i would never have assumed because they don't have that personality yeah. right so we learned, shoot, it don't matter what kind of personality, it, you, you know, like it can be the strongest people on the outside that are hurting so much on the inside.
2: Right. So what we, with that, we got to a place where we were just like, yo,
1: we going to help as many people as we can. We obviously. need to help
2: as many people not go that crazy. During For, gym, sure. You know? For sure. And we don't want nobody else committing suicides. We don't want no one to feel what we felt. And we have so much to give in terms of relationship being married in terms of journey in terms of uh mental state in terms of career and business and all these different things and we felt like it would be just selfish not to uh not to try to help someone on the ground
1: sure. at least share our at least share our
2: stories and help them think away to keep them motivated to keep them And moving in a direction when they're ready for a Darrell perk, you know what I mean? Ready for uh, uh, to conquer levels into their career, right? But really, just help that mind of theirs stay on the ground while still dreaming big. You see what I'm saying? And um, so that's 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 how we ended up becoming mindset coaches and career coaches for music entrepreneurs. I
0: love it, man. I love it because that is such a big part of your success because as we said earlier there's levels to this and not everybody's going to become a mega star right but what you can become is successful and right successful, you
2: can become sustainable right and
0: sustainable right you've guys probably heard me say this before right some people are chasing the music industry but if you understand them if you understand the music business and the business of music you realize you don't need the industry yeah. Indus- the, the industry you guys are living proof of that. You guys became your own public. You don't need, and once you, you don't need to Once you really understand, and no disrespect again, we talk about the Grammy. No disrespect to the Grammy Recording Academy. No disrespect to them, but majority of the artists in today's marketplace will never be on that Grammy stage,
2: right? And then a lot of these people won't get there, um, in a way where they know, because even for us, like we didn't have the Grammys in our mind. Yeah, but well, when we got nominated for a Grammy, it was just from us doing the work. The work. You and I think, that and like, that's a
0: big thing too. I think people gotta right. fall, look. Don't fall in love with the awards. Fall in love with the work. That's right. Because when you fall in love with the work, then the awards come. Then you just it's just part for the course. But if 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 you if you if, if all you want is the, is the accolades and the clout, I don't want to be around people like that. Because right. when it gets hard, you ain't gonna stick through because all you care about is. Is 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 the glitch in the glam, right? For sure. What happens like today when the when the Grammys are over and everybody's going back to the, the the grind of being an artist, the grind of being a songwriter, the grind of what is, that become People don't realize it, It's not sexy to be a songwriter. You're the last person to get paid. Oh, we know? People think that it's people think that it's sexy to go into these sessions. Five, literally like a, literally like a nine to five from eight to, t- from eight to ten, ten to twelve, twelve to two, two to four, four to six. That's your day. That's five sessions a day. You're lucky if you get. let's say you do eight songs in that day, nine songs in that day. You don't know if any of the songs gonna get, ever get placed. You may get paid. You gotta pay for your own lunch. A lot of times with these with these songs, it's kinda, kind of a,
2: that's a good. You know what? That's that's, that's the least of it all. But it's the realest thing on the planet because yeah. you gotta stay hydrated and fueled up to you stay creative. they not
0: not—they're not paid for you to—they're not paying for you to go to—they're not providing you transportation to the sessions. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Hey, we're gonna take care of your lunch. So You gotta figure out how to get yourself there. Pay for your food. Do all the things you're doing, and then you don't even know if the song gonna get placed. What you ask? What you, what you then have to do is tell the producer that you're, you're gonna get their fee and look, charge the extra two grand and pay me." So, you know, whatever your fee is, charge me extra two thousand dollars, so I get some paper, <laughs> so I can pay my rent next month. Right. You, know, you know what I'm saying? And people don't realize what that really becomes because it's it's the sex. People fall in love with the sexy part of it. This shit is a grind, man. Right. Everything about this music industry is a grind. It is like construction work. Put your hard head on and go to work. Yep. Are you prepared oh, for the, the mess? Like. Yeah. And are you prepared for the mental? So that's why what you guys do as mindset coaches and you let people know it's there's levels to success. I always say it like this. You have the NBA. Some guys do well in the, linked to the NBA. Some guys gotta go overseas and play.
3: Yeah. You can still yeah.
0: make you can still make money, do what you love to do. Not everybody's gonna be good enough to, to get on the biggest stage, but you could play the small stages that's
2: right and get paid. And right? you can teach the small stages like the biggest stage. Exactly. But in our situation isn't get
1: paid more than you would if you were
2: yeah to right. labor. That's right. Because exactly. in our, our situation, we treated the small stages, the crumbs,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like they were big. Yeah. And it gave us big opportunity. Absolutely. See, as a, Absolutely. As 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 a a direct result. So to that independent artist that may come through this podcast, mm-hmm. yeah, you may you T- let's not say you may never achieve that that level. Yeah, we're not that.
0: saying that. Yeah, we're not saying yeah, we don't yeah, let's, you don't want to that. that. Let's, yeah. say,
2: let's not say that. Let's say take these small st- stages so seriously that the byproduct of you taking that seriously will find you on a big platform, and that, that's what happened to us. When she said you could be publisher, you know what? We can. We took it so seriously. That the byproduct was Grammy nomination, triple platinum plaques, gold, this, that and the third. All the the byproducts of us taking that small thing so seriously, right? Amongst giants, Warner, Chapel, EMI, blah blah blah. All these whatever, right? You know what I mean? To the point where now we are able to say we achieved something on a level that is commercially uh, big as our comp- like we have competitors. On that scale, but you know, we're not Warner, right? We just mom and pop shop, husband right. and wife. You know what I mean? Right.
1: Just us here in our bedroom.
2: Just us here in our bedroom, going into the other room, making right. calls, doing whatever the case may be. And if we can do that, right, then you know, we took it. We believed in God in the process, and we believe in God in the results. And if someone just takes that mentality of believing in god in the process believing in god in the results and playing taking whatever it is that you have so serious that the byproduct will end you up in a place where you didn't even think was possible you'll yeah.
1: be like oh my
2: god you'll be like dang i can't
1: believe this man, is like man.
0: That. i love that man look we're gonna, we're gonna have to we're gonna, we're gonna stop it there before we get out of here how can people find you connect with you tell me about and tell me about the crash because I know that's what you guys promote heavily um, before we get out of here then we're going to end it
1: it's, crash. it's our crash <laughs> uh, it's our mindset community thank you
3: mm.
1: our group coaching um, it's online we do meet in person sometimes but it's online and we are hands on so it's not even you, you, there's no course that you can buy or whatever it's us on a screen talking to you guys um,
2: what you get out of it is what you get out of it it's up right. to you you see,
1: but you can find us at, at CEO self coaching everywhere,
2: everywhere. Yeah, so at CEO self coaching on IG and at CEO self coaching.com is where our programs and our services are. And the person can find us there, you know. Um, I love you guys, one on one coaching yeah. just like you do. So, um, um, when it comes to business development and things of that nature, so uh, our mindset is on Tuesdays through the crash. And our one-on-one coaching is more business development specific to whoever is hiring us to help be in, help them and be in their life.
0: I love that. I love you guys and what you guys are doing. And ever since we connect, I just really am supportive. And I love what you guys are doing because it's so important. It's so needed, especially in the independent world, you know, right. uh, because the independents are not going to necessarily see what happens on the top level. Because trust me, it's a different game. You get to the 1% a different game, and I, I I tell people, man, this is drug, sex, and rock and roll, All right? And th- and that's why you, but that's why what you guys do is important because if your mental is not right, you will get destroyed in this business. Mm-hmm. It will. It's not, it's not it's not meant for the people who are not mentally strong to survive, especially in this era where we're in the social era where attention is the new currency. It ain't even about talent. It's about how many eyeballs see you. And that's the era we're in. So, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast, guys. This is just inspired podcast. And this is your host, The Rope. Till next time, I'm out of here. Peace.